Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Hello and welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair and it's good to be with you again on another episode of Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio Podcast. Okay, so I have an interview today with an old friend of mine who's been on the show before. I think you're going to really be interested in it if you have concerns or you know someone who is concerned about the condition ED. Uh, we're going to talk about a natural therapy that I am really kind of blown away uh, by the information that I've received on it with Dr. Tyler Elmore. That'll be the second segment of the show. In the first segment, of course, I was digging around, looking for topics. What should I talk about this week on Vitality Radio? And boom, a headline hit my eyes and grab my attention. And as I read through the article, I, I'll i tell you, I could have predicted what it was going to say based on the headline. And that will comprise the vital rant. In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smoke screens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. Okay, so what was that headline? That headline said over 1 million U.S. children Infected with COVID by Carolyn Christ from WebMD. Now, I love to rant about these types of articles, but this one I need to throw a little disclaimer in right at the beginning just to make sure you don't think I'm some callous jerk. Well, you may already think that. And if you do, I'm, I apologize. We should sit down and talk and maybe I can prove you wrong. But my disclaimer here is simple. I'm a father of six. I love kids so very much. I've been a scout leader for well over a decade. Absolutely love working with those guys. I I love kids. They're the, the greatest thing on earth. My favorite time in my life has been spent with my children. Years ago, and I talked about this on Vitality Radio, I don't know how long ago I shared this story, so I won't go into detail, but my 11-year-old, well, she's turning 11 next week. My sweet little girl, when she was three years old, had a febrile seizure, and I thought she was going to die. She uh, either die or have significant uh, brain damage. Thank goodness, neither of those things happened. But if you've ever been in that position, or worse yet, lost a child, the very concept of it is terrifying to me. And thinking of a child grasping for life at the end of an illness in a hospital somewhere on a respirator or whatever it is, 
is incredibly heart-wrenching. The very idea is terrible. So when we talk about children and we talk about children's health and we talk about a million children infected with this illness that has brought our country to some sort of a strange screeching halt, it grabs your attention because nobody wants to see a child sick. So I want to put my disclaimer out here in that I'm going to read exactly what Carolyn Christ from WebMD wrote word for word, and I'm going to explain to you why this is nothing but propaganda. There is almost zero meat on this bone, but boy, do those headlines grab your attention. Over 1 million U.S. children infected with COVID. So what does the article actually say? Well, it came out November 17th, so just a few days ago. The number of infants, children, and teens who have contracted COVID-19 passed 1 million last week, according to new data released Monday by the American Academy of Pediatrics and the Children's Hospital Association. Nearly 112,000 new cases of COVID-19 in children were reported during the past week alone, the highest weekly increase since the pandemic began. As a pediatrician who has practiced medicine for over three decades, I find this number staggering and tragic, says Sally Goza, MD, the president of the American Academy of Pediatrics. We haven't seen a virus flash through our communities in this way since before we had vaccines for measles and polio, she said. Children make up 11.5% of all cases with a rate of almost 1,400 cases per 100,000 children in the general U.S. population. Now, we're going to have to focus really hard on these numbers, and I know you're not looking at them like I am. You're listening to them, so I'll reiterate a few times, but we'll get through this. 11.5% of all cases of COVID are in children, according to uh, the, the, the study. Among the 10 states that reported age-related testing numbers, children made up 5 to 17.4% of testing and 4 to 18.8% of children tested positive. So the range is wide, uh, from 5% to 18%, from 4% to 19%, a wide range from state to state. And I, if you didn't hear last week's show, I talked about the PCR testing and how it we aren't getting accurate testing numbers at all. So a lot of what we're hearing here is probably not super accurate in terms of the total number. I actually believe it's probably far less than a million of the children who have been tested that are actually that actually have COVID. However, there may be far more than a million that have had COVID that have not been tested. So we don't really know what the number is, but we'll go with the numbers that we have, which says a little over a million so far children infected with COVID so far through this uh, last, you know, eight, nine months. <clears throat> Severe COVID-19 still appears to be rare among children, but hospitalizations and deaths do occur, the Academy, the American Academy of Pediatrics reported. Now, I want to say that again. Severe COVID-19 still appears to be rare among children, but hospitalizations and deaths do occur. 
Among the 23 states that reported hospitalizations, children represented 1.2% to 3.3% of hospitalizations. Now, remember, 11.5% of uh, all cases are children, but only 1.2 to 3.3% of hospitalizations are children. So the hospitalization rate is dramatically lower in children, and we know that. We've known that from the start, that it doesn't seem to impact children very strongly. Now, there are a couple other numbers that are important. About 0.5, that's half of 1%, up to 6% of all child COVID-19 cases resulted in hospitalization. So it's really, really small number, 0.5%, up to 6% of total children with COVID that end up in the hospital based on the 10 states that actually release data about age. So, you know, the numbers range a lot, but, you know, half a percent to 6%. But the next two numbers are the numbers I want you to focus on. In addition, children make up 0% to 0.21% of COVID-19 deaths among the states that reported. So in some states, 0% died, and the highest rate of death was 0.21%. And I don't know what state or what states reported or anything. None of that is is in the article, unfortunately. But that's a pretty small number. Well, 0% is as small as it gets, right? Or 0.21%. Now, this number is even smaller. 0% to 0.15% of children, or sorry, of child COVID-19 cases actually resulted in death. So, yes, it says hospitalizations and deaths do occur, but they don't say how many until the next paragraph when we recognize that it's virtually none. It's 0% to 0.15%. Now, I don't know what the truth is among children, but we do know in a, well, we know across the population that the average person who actually dies with COVID-19 has 2.6 on average comorbidities, meaning they were sick with 2.6 other things that could potentially kill them when they contracted COVID and died. Now, those deaths have been counted as COVID deaths. They may have been heart disease. They may have been cancer. They may have been diabetes. They may have been a number of other things. But these people were already very ill and in most cases very old or both. So with that number being what it is, 2.6 comorbidities, I would anticipate that this really, really low number of 0% to 0.15% of children who got COVID and actually died probably also had comorbidities. They were already sick children, immunocompromised children, uh, things like that. Because we know across the population of COVID patients, that's the case. We can, I think, safely assume that that's probably the case with children. My other assumption, and this is an educated guess, but it is a guess based on what I've read, is that generally speaking, healthy children don't die from COVID. Sick children rarely die from COVID, but some of them do. The same could be said about adults. So I'll continue. The American Academy of Pediatrics called on elected leaders to immediately enact a new national strategy to reduce the spread of the coronavirus and address the social and mental health harms from the pandemic. Now, I want 
to reiterate what was said there, but I also want to recognize with you that those two things don't seem to be mutually, um, what's the word? They, they seem to be mutually exclusive. They, they, they seem to not be able to coexist in reality. Let's read that again. The American Academy of Pediatrics called on elected leaders to immediately enact a new national strategy to reduce the spread of coronavirus and address the social and mental health harms from the pandemic. Well, when we have tried to reduce the spread, we have done so by lockdowns, we've done so by social distancing, we've done so by mask wearing, we've done so by closing schools, we've done so by changing everything to a virtual event, and so on and so on and so forth. That's where the social and mental health harms from the pandemic have arisen from. So what does the American Academy of Pediatrics actually want? Do we want to reduce the spread of COVID? Or do we want to reduce the social and mental health harms from the pandemic? Now, let's listen to some more numbers. Nearly a third of parents have reported mental health issues with their children since the lockdowns began, and they reported 14% worse behavioral health among their children, according to a national survey published in Pediatrics, the journal for the organization, for the uh, National Institute of Pediatrics. So I think this is really, really important. That is a big number. One third of parents have reported mental health issues and, four, and they've reported a 14% on average worse behavioral health among their children since the lockdown, since the pandemic started and so on and so forth. Those numbers are much, much higher than the 0% to 0.15% of the deaths that we're trying to prevent from COVID. Now, Dr. Goza said that she found this million infection uh, number to be staggering and tragic. Now, what would make a doctor like her think that these are staggering and tragic? Well, she says later in the article, while we wait for a vaccine to be tested and licensed to protect children from the virus that causes COVID-19, we must do more now to protect everyone in our communities. This is even more important as we approach winter when people will naturally spend more time indoors where it is easier for the virus to be transmitted. Okay, so she's apparently still very, very scared, very worried about children contracting this disease. So I have some questions. That's, that's it for the article. Why is a seemingly knowledgeable pediatrician who's the, the head of the biggest pediatricians group in this country, using words like staggering and tragic to describe an illness that virtually no child dies from. I mean, it's 0% to 0.15%. And again, that is based on numbers that we have that we know are not particularly accurate and are high. Number two question from me is, are we as a human race no longer capable of fighting off infection and then being stronger because of it? That's a real question. We're going to go into that in some depth here. This is a relatively recent phenomenon. The process of hiding from or vaccinating against an illness is new in the last century. Remember chickenpox parties? Does anybody remember that as a, as a kid? 
If you're like me, you remember it as an adult because I sent four of my kids to a chicken pox party when they were between the ages of about nine and 12. Now, is that inhumane? (laughs) I I don't know. It's really interesting. According to the um, uh, Medical News Today website, they say that chicken pox parties are actually making a comeback. More parents are concerned about the chickenpox vaccine because research is coming out showing that that getting chickenpox as a child may have long-term health benefits that the vaccine vaccine does not actually accomplish. Now, chickenpox, as I think most people know, is a pretty chill disease or illness, whatever you want to call it. It does infect lots of kids. And before the vaccine, it infected a lot more kids. And most kids like me got better after five to seven days and then had lifelong immunity. That's what happens with chickenpox. Our bodies are really amazing tools. And I believe right now we may be, and maybe this sounds a little kooky, you can decide, maybe we're just trying to play God a little too much. Because the head of the Pediatrics Association says that the number is staggering, a million. Well, a million is a lot of kids. Yeah, so I guess the number is staggering. But is it tragic? Is it tragic that a million kids have contracted this disease and virtually none of them have died from it? Is that tragic? Or is that a victory? There's really a couple ways to look at this. And I choose to look at it as a victory because I know that the human body is capable of becoming stronger by disease, by illness. We get sick, we get better, we become healthier more often than not. Not always. There's exceptions to all of these rules. But by and large, getting sick, whether it be measles, chicken pox, mumps, whatever, and then getting over it gives you lifelong immunity to that childhood illness, but also protects you in ways that up until the last 20 years or so, we did not know existed. Now, we've science has been trying to beat God at his own game for years. Uh, we had hydrogenated oil and margarine. We now call those trans fats. And we run away from them like the plague that they are. (laughs) The problem is that when you eat lots of trans fats, you don't become immune to those trans fats. You just get sick with things like heart disease and diabetes and cancer. Well, that's because trans fats are a man-made thing that was supposed to best God's good old-fashioned butter. And now we know, pretty much without any debate at all, that butter is healthier than margarine. But for years, we were told quite something else, weren't we? And then we have Roundup, glyphosate. You know, it's the savior for your yard's weed issues. And, and frankly, you don't want to see my yard. It's uh, it's not great. I don't, I don't use those chemicals. It's not that great. I got a lot of weeds. Still trying to figure out how to do all that naturally. But, you know, it is what it is. But Roundup, uh, you know, it, it was supposed to be the savior for farming as well. And we created all kinds of genetically modified crops. 
we now believe, uh, many of us, that genetically modified crops may be causing all kinds of problems for not just the human health, but also the health of our, of our world, uh, our environment. And we know without a doubt that glyphosate is carcinogenic, causes cancer in humans, and that it is a human antibiotic and causes the body to be weaker against infectious disease. And yet we dump the stuff by megatons because, well, we apparently knew better than God with glyphosate the same way as we did with hydrogenated oil. So we've tried and failed in many cases before, but let's go back to viruses and disease because it's a really interesting debate. And I think I'm going to shed some light on something that you didn't know existed. I didn't know it existed until very recently myself. There is mounting evidence, and not a small amount of it either, that delaying or eliminating these childhood infectious diseases may actually be causing higher rates of serious illnesses later in life, primarily various forms of cancer. What? Yes, what I'm saying is, and I'm going to give you some, I'm going to cite many studies that are on PubMed, Science Direct. Science Daily, these are, you know, actual journals, uh, scientific stuff here where they've done these studies to try and figure out, okay, what happens in children who contract measles and children who contract mumps, children who contract uh, chicken pox early in life when we look at cancers later in life? It appears that before the age of nine, especially, there's a huge correlation. Now, we're going to specifically focus on what are called febrile infectious childhood diseases. So if you hear me say F-I-C-D, febrile infectious childhood diseases, that's what I'm talking about. We're talking about primarily the diseases that we vaccinate against, Uh, measles, mumps, rubella, chickenpox, those types of things, okay? These are diseases that we get as children that we can generally gain lifelong immunity against that do cause fevers, which is fevers, fevers, which is why they call them febrile. Okay. So these are just, I don't have time to go into the depth of this, but if you'd like the article that I'm referencing uh, and you'd like to actually see these studies, uh, please ask. I'd be more than happy to provide this for you. In fact, you just call us at Vitality uh, Nutrition, 801 292 6662, if you'd like to look into us, because it's fascinating stuff. Febrile infectious childhood diseases in the history of cancer patients and matched controls. The study consistently revealed a lower cancer risk for patients with a history of febrile infectious childhood diseases. The strongest associations were found between patients with non breast cancers and rubella, respectively, chickenpox. A strong association, though, was also found with the overall number of these febrile infectious childhood diseases, including measles, mumps, rubella, pertussis, scarlet fever, and chickenpox. So in that study, we found less cancer in children who had had any or multiple of those diseases earlier in life. Acute infections as a means of cancer prevention is the name of one of these studies, opposing effects to chronic infections. Exposures to febrile infectious childhood diseases were associated with subsequently reduced risks for melanoma, 
ovarian, and multiple cancers combined. Mumps and ovarian cancer. Prior to vaccination, mumps was generally a mild illness that could have serious consequences, including uh, sterility, meningitis, and deafness, and even pancreatitis. Nevertheless, our study suggests that there could also have been unanticipated long-term anti-cancer benefits from a mumps infection, such as we have described in this paper. How about brain cancer? A glioma is a type of tumor that starts in the brain or spine. It is called a glioma because it arises from glial, uh, glial cells. The most common site of gliomas is the brain. Gliomas make up about 30% of all brain and central nervous system tumors and 80% of all malignant brain tumors. Now, let's look at gliomas and chickenpox. In our study, a positive history of chickenpox was associated with a 21% lower glioma risk, adjusting for both age and sex. The protective effect of chickenpox was stronger for high-grade glioma, particularly among those under the age of 40. Our findings, which represent the results of the largest study to date on this topic, confirm the inverse associations previously reported. Another study on non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and Hodgkin's lymphoma. Our findings provide additional support to the hypothesis that infections by most common childhood pathogens may protect against Hodgkin's lymphoma, or at least be correlated with some other early exposure, which may lower the risk of Hodgkin lymphoma in adulthood. In addition, our study shows that measles may provide a protective effect against non-Hodgkin lymphoma. It is proposed that delayed infection could explain the increasing non-Hodgkin lymphoma trends through an impairment of the Th1 and Th2 lymphocyte patterns. The model of delayed infection has been proposed also to explain increasing prevalence rates of asthma. So, as we are preparing for the coronavirus or COVID-19 vaccine, which I will talk about in more detail in next week's episode because it requires more time. But as we get into that, we have to ask ourselves, why is this pediatrician so terrified of all of these kids getting COVID-19 and then getting better? When we have a long history of evidence that if you get sick with a virus, viral infection, whether it be chickenpox, measles, mumps, whatever, and you then recover, your body's immune system is stronger because of it, and you will be healthier in the future because of it. These studies that I just read you, the very, very brief synopsis of, the oldest one is 1998. So we're not too long ago, in the last 22 years, but over the last 22 years, we've known that there's a correlation between kids getting sick as kids with childhood diseases, the ones that it seems we were meant to get, to me. It seems we were meant to get these things. And as we get these things, now we have a 21% lower risk of non-Hodgkin's or Hodgkin's lymphoma because we had chicken pox? Whoa, wrap your head around that for a minute because it doesn't just immediately say, oh yeah, 
That makes all kinds of logical sense, does it? Except that we have to recognize that the immune system, the acquired immune system that we were blessed with by our maker is a brilliant and beautiful, incredibly adaptive thing where we get exposed and we get stronger. What doesn't kill us makes us stronger. Isn't that the old saying? When it comes to viruses and disease, I believe that that is actually the case in almost every case. Now, there are exceptions to all of these things. If you have an immunocompromised child, then yeah, I don't think I want that child to get COVID-19. But if you have a healthy child and he or she gets COVID-19, or a healthy adult for that matter, and he or she gets COVID-19, he or she will probably end up stronger with a more fortified immune system because of it. Now, I could go on and on with these studies. There's dozens of them, but I won't because, well, I don't have time. But like I said, if you want the documentation, it's there. The stuff that I just read comes from respected scientific journals. This is a real consideration we have to start wrapping our heads around. When we interfere with how our bodies are supposed to be fortifying themselves, that's spraying every toy before our child puts it in his mouth. That's vaccinating against some of these diseases, particularly chickenpox has always been a question mark for me because it's such an innocuous disease. It's just, it's not that big of a deal. Chickenpox. In America, where we have proper sanitation, a kid gets chickenpox and five, six, seven days later, usually the worst thing is maybe a pock mark or two. I've got one on my chest from when I had chickenpox. That's about it. But now they have an acquired immunity against chickenpox. And that is awesome. So, should we fear a million children or two or three or four or ten getting COVID-19 when 99.99-ish percent on average? are going to get better and probably be healthier because of it? You tell me. Okay, I got to cut to a break. When I come back, I'm going to have Dr. Tyler Elmore. I'll give you a little warning. We are going to be talking about male sexual health. Uh, we won't get too graphic at all, but there will be some terms that maybe you don't want your little ones to hear. And if that's the case, of course, you can always pick this back up as a podcast at another time. But that's what we're going to discuss when we come back. It's a pretty fascinating topic, and there's some really good new research that I want you to know about. When I come back, I'm Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. After decades of helping people with their nutritional supplement needs, I have observed something that seems almost universal. People seem to have a lot of products that they have experimented with. Some might have been recommended by a blogger online, others from a magazine article, and yet another by a friend or family member. Information is coming at us at a rapid pace nowadays, and everyone has an opinion. The problem is that there is only one really big wild card in health and nutrition, and that wild card is you. I know you've heard the infomercials, seen the ads, or talked to that neighbor who has that cure-all product that can do it all for your health. The problem is that supplement doesn't exist. 
What's right for your neighbor isn't always right for you. At Vitality Nutrition, we've been asking the right questions for years. What I mean by this is, we don't just sell supplements, we consult with our clients and ask them the key questions needed to make sure we match the right supplement to the right person. If you feel better about a team approach to your health, give us a call and one of our well-educated Vitality team members will answer your questions and help you find just what it is that you need to address your health concerns naturally. You can reach us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or drop us an email, info at vitalityradiopod.com. That's info at vitalityradiopod.com. Hello and welcome back to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair and it is good to be with you. I hope you enjoyed the rant. I hope that it was uh, enlightening as to what our media uh, is doing when it comes to trying to strike fear into people with basic headlines followed by a whole lot of nothing. And uh, if that was uh, down your alley, well, I've got all kinds of similar uh, information on previous rants and episodes of Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio podcast. Okay, my next guest is uh, someone I've had on Vitality Radio. In fact, he is one of only two people who have ever hosted Vitality Radio when I've been out of town, and it's been a long time. So if you're not a Long-time listener, you may not recognize this voice, but once you hear him, you'll uh, appreciate what he has to say. He's a dear friend of mine, has adjusted my back on many occasions, has put uh, acupuncture needles into me for a variety of reasons, has done all kinds of work on me over the years. Uh, His name is Dr. Tyler Elmore from Elevated Health. Dr. Elmore, welcome back to Reality Radio. Thank you very much. It's been a while. It is good to be back. I did not realize I had the distinction of being one of two people to host this show. So that makes me feel good. Yeah. I Well, listen, after you did it, I was like, that's never going to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> Man. No, actually, you did it twice. So yeah, you got welcomed yeah. back. Yeah. 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 So nice. I think it worked out okay. And then people were just like, yeah, his voice is actually better uh, on the radio than yours. And then I you know, I was intimidated. So yeah. you haven't heard from me since. Uh, hey, it's, uh, you know, my wife always tells me I've got a face for the radio. So uh-huh, uh-huh. You know. I get that a lot. <laughs> All right. So we are going to be talking about something. I want to just preface this really quickly with a, a quick little warning. We are going to be talking about male sexual performance and sexual health. So if there is anyone uh, in the car or nearby that you do not want in on that conversation, here's your warning. And then if that is the case, of course, but you do want to hear it yourself, you certainly can pick it up as a podcast anytime that it is convenient for you. Dr. Elmore, I have a couple yes. of questions for you. Okay, let's um, do it. We've, we've talked a bit about this prior to uh, coming on the air. I think this is a really interesting topic, uh, to say the least. And while I have covered it to some extent in terms of the, the uh, nutrition side of this, you've got a therapeutic approach uh, that is... Uh, relatively new to your clinic, yes. called MetaWave Acoustic Wave Therapy, uh, also known as EPAT. And so I want to talk about that. But first, let's talk about why you're using this uh, for or what you're using this for. And that is ED or erectile dysfunction. Tell us a little bit about what ED is and uh, what may be the cause of it. 
Yeah, so in our clinic, we've got a we've got a multidisciplinary clinic. So we've got our medical professionals in there, chiropractors in there, and and we're just always discussing different ways that we can that we can help people out. And this is one of the things that we found, and I, I didn't realize how big of an issue this was. And as we started looking into it, it is a really, really big issue. And so really what erectile dysfunction is, is simply the inability to achieve or maintain an erection. And a lot of you have probably heard of it as impotence, but there's various stages of it. In fact, they, they, the research shows that 52% of men ages 40 to 70 have some sort, uh, some degree of erectile dysfunction. And one in 10 men cannot even get an erection at all, which is complete ED. And so it's becoming very prevalent. And we think that a lot of it is just the stress that we're under, the lack of nutrition, which I love the fact that you hit on that nutrition portion of, of ED and sexual uh, health because it is so critical. The nutritional component cannot be left out of this. Uh, but we also found that, hey, they've got new technology in that that, that absolutely helps with the ED problem as well. So we kind of, we combine both of them together. So, you know, one of the things that is really important to me is to let people know about things that I consider to be safe alternatives to the typical approach of medicine, which is usually something out of the pharmacy or some type of uh, surgical procedure. And in regardless of what somebody's concern is, their symptoms or a health concern, the single biggest thing that I try to accomplish here on Vitality Radio is just to let people know there are options. Now, up until you called me, I had heard a couple of commercials that uh, sounded something like this. I'd not looked into it until you sent me some of the research. I was extremely impressed, and I do feel like this is something that is non-surgical, non-invasive, very, very effective, which is, of course, the million-dollar question is, you know, I don't care how non-invasive it is, but does it actually work? (laughs) Exactly. And, of course, in this case, you've got both things, so it's very cool. But before we get into the acoustic wave therapy, what are uh, some of the, would you say, the root causes of ED? Yeah, and that's a a good question because there's several. And so, generally speaking, there's a couple of root causes, but 90% of the cases of ED are caused by by physical factors classified as as vascular or non-vascular diseases. And so the estimate is that 70% of all ED cases may be attributed to vascular disease. So that's one of the big things that we focus on. So when we're talking about um, vascular diseases, we're talking about the diabetes, we're talking about hypertension, high blood cholesterol, cardiac diseases, smoking, side effects from smoking, or just poor overall circulation. And so those are some of the big causes of ED. And so in order for a a male to perform, you've got to have healthy blood flow in order to, to be able to achieve erection. And even a marginal reduction in blood flow can potentially cause pretty big problems. And so really the conditions that that we're treating are, are vascular insufficiency conditions. The, the number one probably being uh, diabetes and hypertension. Okay. My number one and two, excuse me. In, in terms of the actual uh, prevalence and uh, yeah. in terms of cause. Yeah, okay. For sure. And what, uh, what options does uh, someone have from the medical perspective? What, what are, what's recommended typically for ED? Uh, I mean, really, your, your options out there are drugs, 
there are some surgeries and there are injections and some can be very painful and you know some work the, the the pills and that will work but sometimes they they create lots of side effects headaches body aches and pains that can create digestive issues and dizziness vision changes and sometimes the timing may not work out with those and so the acoustic wave therapy or this type of a treatment just allows you to function much more normally without having to utilize drugs or worry about timing things correctly but anyhow so let's talk about what this actually is, what the wave therapy is. How does it, how does yeah. it work? So really uh, how it works is it, it introduces a, a wave in there that stimulates. So basically what happens is you've got tissue that becomes damaged as, as males age. And when that tissue becomes damaged, it just does not hold enough blood supply. And so what the acoustic wave therapy does is it introduces small pulses into that tissue to help stimulate the repair of of damaged tissue, number one, but it also, one of the big things that it helps do is it creates angiogenesis or the production of new blood vessels. And so you're repairing old, but you're also creating new. And so in essence, it introduces waves into that area that help to stimulate and generate uh, blood flow. Now, is this uh, device, I haven't seen this yet. Is it uh, similar to like what an ultrasound might look like on a pregnant woman? It's similar. There's a head on there that is similar to like an ultrasound. The actual machine is quite a bit bigger. Uh, there's a few more dials on it and that, but the actual applicator is very, very similar to an ultrasound style machine. Okay. And what does the research actually show in terms of effectiveness? So the research right now is showing about 91% effectiveness. And so as per the clinical studies, which there are lots of clinical studies, I think I sent you over a few of those, but, uh, they're talking about a 91% success rate. That's really incredible. It, you know, it is. You, you first brought this up to me. I had not thought that that was actually a possibility that it would be that high. That's that's a big deal. So with the 91% success rate, um, what what does it take in terms of number of treatments, uh, time frame in order to gain that level yeah. of success? Yeah. So a, a typical treatment for that is going to be six treatments. Each treatment generally lasts in the area of 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, those treatments can be spread generally across three to six weeks. And so in order to feel the effects of it, since we're dealing with angiogenesis, it does take time for vessels to either repair or to grow. And so we tell patients, you know what, six weeks. Uh, from the time of treatment, do people start to feel that effect? It does take a little bit of time for that to grow, to those vessels to grow. And so there, there is a little bit of weight in there. However, once you get that stimulated, the body does a pretty good job. And is that something then that is able to be maintained? I mean, if you, when you're talking about angiogenesis, you're talking about new vessels. So that sounds to me like this isn't the kind of thing that somebody's going to have to retreat over and over again. For sure. And that's one of the cool things about it is it's not something that you have to do month in and month out. And in fact, in our clinic, if people do feel like over the course of years or, or whatnot, that that does start to feel like they've gone back to their old selves, they can always come back in. And that's something that we would do complimentary. But we're, we're pretty confident with the treatment that we're, that we're offering that uh, they can come back in anytime once they've been a patient and, and have that redone. But, but yes, an answer to your question is it is long term, which is fun which makes it really good.
Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, now you're talking about something more curative as opposed to a treatment for short-term effect. Yeah, and that's the hope. Okay, so then with this, what types of side effects are showing up in the studies? And that's the that's the good thing is there the only type of side effect you may have is some some point tenderness where the therapy went. You get a little bit of soreness uh, in that area, but aside from that, you know that's the beauty of it is you don't have to worry about side effects. So worst case scenario, it doesn't do the job, but you're not coming out worse off than you were when you went in. Yeah, I mean it's it's drug free, surgery free, and it is really just non invasive. It's a simple in office procedure, and the results are long lasting. That's pretty awesome. Sounds good. Okay, so then what else do people need to know about this? Well, I just I think the biggest thing is is that hey, there's there's a there's a natural treatment out there. It's very again like we had just mentioned, it's very non-invasive. There's no side effects to it. And so, I think I think what what we're hap- we're seeing is just the science is starting to evolve. We're being able, we're we're able to incorporate different things into a clinical setting where we don't have to worry so much about side effects. We don't have to worry so much about the dangers of a surgery and that, that we're, we're getting stuff in here now that, that is really non-invasive and a much more natural approach. And so I think that's the, the thing that appeals to most people about, I know it's what appealed to me. We don't have to do, there's no drugs, there's no surgery. It's a pretty simple in-office procedure. Yeah, that's, it, it really almost sounds too good to be true, but the research does back this up. It looks really good. I haven't done as much you know, spend as much time educating myself as you have, of course, uh, having just read a few of the studies uh, that that you sent over. But it's it's impressive. I, I really think this is cool. And I am curious. You're you're focusing obviously on ED right now, but it looks like this may even have some uh, benefits for other injuries and concerns that people have. Are you looking into rolling it out for those things down the road as well? Yeah, yeah. We've we've talked about it, and yeah, there's a lot of different benefits from knee pain, foot pain. Uh, plantar fasciitis, hamstring issues, back pain, neck pain, uh, any sort of a joint issue that acoustic wave therapy can actually get in there and and uh, and help tissue regenerate anywhere in the body. It's not just not just for ED. And so that is another cool thing about having that in the clinic is we're going to you know, have multiple applications for that. Well, especially considering a lot of the people you see right now are coming in with specifically with that type of stuff, different types of injuries and things like that, yeah. right? Yep, yeah, sure. very, very cool. And the result, the, the cool thing about that when you're dealing with joint issues and that is generally the results on those types of issues are, are quicker. You don't have to wait for angiogenesis. This does help to stimulate that tissue and help to, to reduce inflammation in that. So a lot of times in those, we get results a little bit quicker than we do with the ED. Well, and the thing, and the thing is, I have to say, I, I, you're, I don't know if you're, if you're trying to understate things or what, but six weeks doesn't seem like too long no. uh, to wait for something like that, especially for men that have been struggling this with this for you know months or years. Yeah. Six weeks is, that's a pretty quick turnaround to expect results. Oh, I absolutely agree with you. And the, the interesting thing is, I know it's sometimes maybe embarrassing for guys to talk about or whatnot, but it's a, it's a real issue out there. And I agree with you. Six weeks is is really not much time at all. Absolutely. So if someone's interested in doing this, what's the next step? They need to call the clinic? Yeah. Yeah. You can call the clinic and, and uh, 801-774-7541. So Elevated Health is the name of our clinic. You can call the clinic and uh, you can do a complimentary consult with our physician on staff there. And we're also doing a, a blood flow ultrasound there is, is one of the tests that we're doing complimentary for folks that come in. 
just helps to, to see what kind of blood flow we're dealing with down there. And uh, so, yeah, just call us, set up an appointment, and we'd love to have you in. And give us the phone number again. Yeah, 801-774-7541. Okay, and again, it's Dr. Tyler Elmore with Elevated Health. And uh, that is in Syracuse, Utah, by the way. And if you have any questions about uh, what you've heard here uh, with this discussion with Dr. Elmore, give a call to Elevated Health in Syracuse. If you are driving, you missed the phone number, you can't remember the name of the clinic, whatever, you know us, Vitality Nutrition and Bountiful, just call us 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. And we'll make sure that you get in touch with Dr. Elmore and uh, get signed up for that free consult. Is there anything else we need to let anybody know before I let you go? No, we would uh, appreciate uh, being back on the show. It's fun. And uh, we would love to, we'd love to see you in the clinic. And uh, thanks again, Jared, for having me. All right. Thank you. Uh, Again, I I will say this because I think it's important. I don't just put anybody on the radio that wants to be on. In fact, unfortunately, I do have to tell some people, uh, no, that's not for my, that's not for my audience. The beauty of working with Dr. Elmore for the last, geez, I don't know. I first became a patient probably, good heavens, I don't know, 17, 18 years ago, something like that. It's, it's been a long time, 15 years at least. Anyway, it's been a while. (laughs) time flies. Um, I trust him. I know that what he's doing is uh, is good stuff. And he and I, in terms of the way we look at things when it comes to health and wellness, align quite nicely. So definitely would be leaving you in good hands if you decide that you want to investigate this further. Dr. Elmore, thank you for your time and for joining us on Vitality Radio. Thank you. It's good to chat with you again. Okay, so we're going to cut to a quick break. I'm going to have a few minutes left on the other side of the break. And when I come back, I'm going to talk about some of the nutrition stuff that we alluded to during the interview, some things that you can do to help with naturally uh, improving blood flow, naturally improving testosterone levels, things like that, which would go perfectly hand in hand with the acoustic wave therapy that we discussed with Dr. Elmore. We'll get to that when I come back. Again, if you have any questions, 801-292-6662 is the number. You're listening to me, Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. Of all the gimmicks that ever were, perhaps men's sexual performance ads and products are at the top of the list. So why would I approve a men's sexual performance ad to air during Vitality Radio? That's easy. This one is legit. Full disclosure, I formulated this one myself after years of frustration with the lack of great products available. Man Up is the formula. How it works is threefold. First, it delivers a significant dose of L-citrulline, which creates nitric oxide, thereby increasing blood flow and oxygen to muscle tissue. This not only improves performance and endurance, but also has the side benefit of being very good for your heart and cardiovascular system. Second, Man Up helps with hormone balance, and natural testosterone production. And third, Man Up even helps calm performance anxiety, something a lot of men struggle with after having issues with sexual performance. Man Up is safe and can be used daily or as needed. It is great for the gym or the bedroom. So if you're tired of the endless hype ads about male performance supplements and are ready for one that is natural, safe, effective, and guaranteed, it's time to try Man Up. For more information about Man Up, call Vitality Nutrition at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Okay, welcome back. I actually have just a few minutes left 
on Vitality Radio to talk about uh, what I what I said I would before the break, and I'll go into some more detail on another episode. We're going to need to because I'm only going to be able to talk about this for a few minutes. I thought I'd have about 10 or 15, but I have three or four. But Vitality Radio, always brought to you by Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful, my family store, serving you and all your health needs for the last 43 years. Give us a call, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. If you're local and you can get into the store, we'd love to have you. But if you're distant, that's okay. We'll take care of you over the phone, 801-292-6662. And know also that uh, we are having a big Black Friday and Small Business Saturday sale next weekend. So uh, get on our mailing list. If you're not, give us a call. We'll uh, get you informed on those things. And of course, if you're not local, you can just call us over the phone and we'll take care of you that way. Okay. In the last couple minutes that I have, I promised I'd talk about a couple things that I think can help with this ED problem that uh, Dr. Elmore and I talked about. The first thing I'm going to recommend is a product called AndroSense. We have to get rid of xenoestrogens. Xenoestrogens tend to block the receptors that our body has for our own testosterone, which is a really, really big deal. Now, Dr. Elmore talked about blood flow. And there are some things naturally you can do for that. Arginine and citrulline are amazing for blood flow, and they can work for sexual health as well as health in the gym, uh, working out, and cardiovascular wellness. Amazing stuff. Cardio Boost is a product that I absolutely love that I would recommend. And even if you decide to go see Dr. Elmore, and I certainly wouldn't discourage that if you're struggling with this problem, because it sounds like he's got a fantastic fix. Cardio boost would be a something that I believe would actually make it even work better. And we can certainly explain that in more detail if you want to give us a call or come by Vitality Nutrition. But AndroSense helps to get rid of the estrogens that block the body's natural ability to produce testosterone efficiently. And in a low testosterone individual who also has compromised blood flow, you're just about guaranteed to have some sexual side effects with that. And the beauty of this approach of eliminating the estrogens is that we can just get that out of the way and let the body do what it's supposed to do. The beauty of the approach of getting the capillaries working again, getting more vascular strength and integrity in the body is that we allow the body to do what it's supposed to do anyway. Whereas with pharmaceuticals, we're essentially manipulating the body and tricking it into doing something as opposed to just working with the body's natural system. So those would be the two things that I would recommend if you're looking for some supplemental help uh, help in that area. If Again, if you have any questions, give us a call. I'll do a full show on uh, sexual health uh, very soon. I think it's a great topic that I haven't talked about in a long, long time. So we'll do that. But I hope you enjoy the show. If you like what you hear, go tell somebody. Share the podcast. If you haven't found the podcast yet, find it, subscribe. If you're on Apple Podcast, I would love a five-star review. If you like what you hear, uh, it really helps to get the word out. And more than anything, the very best thing you can do is share it. I have some good friends and listeners that are doing just that on a regular basis, and it helps a lot. Thank you so much for listening to me. If you have questions about anything you heard, give us a call, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. been listening to the Vitality Radio Podcast. Enjoy your week. 
In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair, produced by Elizabeth Joy Windham, with very limited help from Jared. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.